hello. My name is Harold Boggs. I'm founder of WeGetRecovery.com, and this is the Spiritual Growth Podcast, part of WeGetRecovery.com network. And today, I have a guest, Dick Wagner. Would you pray us in? I would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the body and blood of Jesus Christ that was broken and shed on Calvary 2,000 years ago for us to save us from our sins and the penalty for sin. Would that Jesus loved us so much that he gave his life for us. And we thank you for it. And Lord, I pray that for people listening, I have things upon them. I pray, Lord, that you would lead and guide the thoughts and ideas that are brought up in this podcast, and that you would lead and guide us, Lord, that we would carefully weigh our words. And we just ask now, Lord, that you're leading, you're guiding by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, open our eyes and soften our hearts. Amen. So let's pick it up on Luke 14, the section about the cost of discipleship. This one really feeds me. So we're on Luke 14. Now, great crowds accompanied him. Think of that. Imagine thousands of people. In another place, it says there were so many people, they were trampling each other. That happens these days at soccer games in Europe. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned, and he said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Wow. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet at a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How does that one strike you? 
there's number one, uh, we need to put God first. We need to put God before our own interests. We need to come to realize that we were made by God. We are a creation of God made for his purposes. If we're to be truly satisfied in this life, we need to learn and find out what his intention was in bringing us into the world. And when we begin to accept over our own selfish desires and wishes, that's the beginning of a new life in Christ. Because from that point on, it's a matter of discovering who I am in Jesus and not who I'm creating myself to be. And the true satisfaction is where God wants us doing what he wants us to do. And there will be others in our lives who are very important to us. Family is important. Our mother and dad are important. Our wife, our children are important. And yet again, that relationship is defined in terms of God's purposes. And that's a whole realignment of our focus and our thinking about ourselves, the world we live in, and why we're here. Absolutely. The, uh, there's a wonderful group of videos on YouTube called I Am Second that builds on that concept. If I'm putting God first, then I am second. So it's a whole bunch of people, some famous, some not so famous, and they tell their stories in seven or eight minutes about how they came to Christ and, and what that was like for them. It's really terrific. If we're putting God first, we are second, and then we reprioritize everything else. And it's the exact opposite of fleshly thinking. Yes. And it's what, when we live in the flesh, again, self-interest becomes a priority, and it becomes a, an all-consuming priority. But God says he's an all-consuming priority. And when you realize that your own happiness, your own satisfaction is based in Jesus Christ, you begin to realize that if I'm going to be happy with my family, I've got to first be happy with God. I've got to first be what God says and why I was created. And that's a discovery process. And that's a process that goes on. We don't all of a sudden wake up one morning and we have, oh, I know who I am. We may find out a little bit today, a little bit tomorrow, but have the faith and rest assured that my relationship with other people will also be a considered and taken into consideration 
with that process. So if we want a good, wholesome relationship with ourselves, with other people, we need to first have that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that's it, exactly. One of my friend's daughters mentioned, she asked the question, how long does it take to understand an infinite God? <laughs> and of course, it's implied it would take an infinite amount of time to get to know an infinite God. And uh, it's called eternity. Eternity, eternity, <laughs> eternity. So I've come to believe in the last couple of decades that there really are only two religions in the whole world. The first is the false religion of satisfaction. We're self-reliable. We're focused on self-love. We take selfies all the time. That's one religion, number one which is a false religion. It doesn't lead to eternal life. The true religion is salvation through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And that, and so that's accessible to us by believing in Jesus, which is there, there is work involved. That's my experience. John chapter nine, verse 29. Jesus is talking to the crowd. He had fed the crowd dinner the night before, and they followed him, wanting breakfast the next morning. And he told them, you just want breakfast. And they said, no, we want to do the work of God. What is the work of God? And so Jesus laid it out point blank. The work of God is believing in him who he sent. Right. Believing is work. And I, I read a lot of scripture. I do a lot of prayer. And that's my goal, to believe more and more in Jesus every day. Yes, and to learn how to partner with Jesus by through the Holy Spirit. Scripture, when you realize we come out of the womb, an empty vessel, and that's not only that, but we're coming out, we're 10 points behind to begin with, because we basically are in a condition of sin, because we need to come from the empty vessel that's is under the influence of sin, we need to come to understand what is sin. I don't know what sin is. We need to, who's God? What's God? How do I get to know him? Scripture has the answers to all of these questions to a degree that will quite amaze you if you actually get in to reading scripture, the Bible says it's the Holy Spirit that essentially convinces us of sin. It's the Holy Spirit, God himself. 
convinces us and convicts us of sin. How does he do that? He does it through the Word of God, because the Word of God is alive. It pierces even to the dividing of thunder of the soul and the spirit and the bone and marrow. The point is that it's not just a bunch of words on paper. It's that life-given, quickening element that is necessary for our growth and understanding. And it's the Holy Spirit that uses us to teach us. And it says, Scripture says, that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. So he convicts us of our sin. He brings us to the point of salvation. Once we receive salvation, he leads us into all truth truth. And there is where we are into God's school for, for educating his people that he has labeled and set aside for his purposes. And we're all candidates, no matter who we are, no matter what we, how we think we failed, we're all candidates. There's none of us better than any other, we all start to say in the same condition. And the job is equally difficult. And as an ongoing thing, Scripture tells us how we're supposed to live. When I was growing up, I learned the Lord's Prayer. That was one of the first things I can remember ever learning was the Lord's Prayer. I learned the Apostles' Creed. I learned the Ten Commandments. These are the basics, the basic tools, and they begin to reveal who God is and how we're supposed to react to him and to others in the world. So the Bible is everything. It's the beginning and the end, and the Holy Spirit is the one who leads us through it, and it's Jesus Christ who puts us in the position to do that. Yeah, I, there's nothing like the Word, and there's nothing like a Spirit-led relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Absolutely, and uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the 12 steps and the fact that they, now this isn't talked about much anymore, but back when they originally were developed, they were borrowed from the Bible. In 1935, 36, 37, Dr. Bob Smith and Bill Wilson originated A, Alcox Anonymous and the 12 steps and the over these decades, the reason they work so, I think, is because they're borrowed from the Bible. Right. Basically, step, step one, we say, I'm not God. I can't fix myself. Step two says, God can. He cares about us. And step three says, I think I'll let him. That's where we turn our lives and our wills over, completely over to God. That's so when I learned the steps, I also 
began to read the Bible, and it's, it's so important to my life now. See, the 12-step program is based in truth and because it's based in the Bible. And one of the first things it attacks is denial. I'm okay. You're okay. Everybody's okay. Then if everybody's okay, why is everybody having such a hard time? Yeah. And why am I having such a hard time? I always thought I was a real good guy. And I always thought I never wanted to hurt anybody. I never wanted to. So I have this whole imaginary person set up. It was my own view of what I wanted others to view me as. And I was always disappointed when, why did they react to me in a certain way? I didn't mean anything. I didn't do anything. But the three steps you mentioned, denial, it's where we basically face the truth about ourselves. And we basically, and then it carries on. The fact of the matter is all of my manipulation, all of my conniving, all, any kind of lying and deceit that had come up was all to deny the fact that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of salvation. The other steps, number one, I can't do it. How many years do we try and try and try, and yet we fail each time? For me, it was 20 years. Yeah. 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 For me, it was, it was, I was a lot older. I was married and had children and such, and basically got my, until I went to recovery groups. I went to SAA in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, and you get a rude awakening in SAA. They're not as gentle as some of the recovery groups. They hit you for the first time you're there. And, but even recovery, we're recovering from habitual addictions. These are addictions are habitual. They're hard to get rid of because we've been doing them for so long and such. And, and human beings have a tendency to, to soften everything. Yes. You don't hear the word sin much anymore, but I think it's important to get back to our roots and, and call sin what it is. Sin. Yes. I agree. I think one of the, one of the thrusts of society is to break down sinfulness and sin, that it's not a, they don't want it to be as drastic as scripture says it is. Sin separates us from God. Sin essentially condemns us to an eternity without God. There's only, we, I had a pastor one time, he said, in this life, there's a heaven to be gained and there's a hell to be avoided. And 
And those are my choices. That says it like it is. Says it like it is. But people don't want to hear that because it's not sin. It's a disease. It's when you put it on something else, it's not my fault. Yeah. And what we don't realize is that it is my fault. Sin is my responsibility, but there's a solution for it. And this is why, for example, there are two genders, male and female. I'm sorry, but today's thinking, there are now up to 74 variations of gender. Whoa, what happens in there? It's, it's all a redefinition. The, the redefinition, all the aberration are now just, these are God-given in the eyes of in the eyes of the world but no they're not we live in a sin cursed world and when you live in a sin cursed world there are things that there are things result from sin and those aberrations jesus christ went to the cross and died to provide a way to resolve those things and those are things that are hard to that are hard to face because people don't want to face them they don't want it's they don't want to give that up oh and do what the word says so it's a tough message for people to receive but Harold we don't we're not the savior we're not jesus christ is we're not the convictor we're not the holy spirit is it's the word of god that basically is the vehicle through which people get saved and through which they effectively affect recovery from these things yes and the 12 so program is based on so I chose a motto a couple of years ago. I want to know him better so I can love him more so I can serve him better. Yeah. And uh, it's, yes, we can't love someone we don't know. I want to know him better. And the way I do that is digging into the word. And so, well, let's pick it up right here tomorrow. Already. Anything else that needs to be said today? No, I think, I think the center of all of our conversation will be Jesus Christ. He is the living word. He is the fulfillment of the word. If I had any recommendations to anybody, it would be read your Bible. Yes. Read it for yourself. Yep. And exactly. Jesus is awesome, and I'm so excited, so in love with him. And so thanks for the conversation. You're welcome. We'll pick it up here tomorrow. This is the Spiritual Growth Podcast, and it's part of WeGetRecovery.com. You can go to our website and look at all kinds of things, resources, 
for recovery. Let me end with a closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you for your living word, for your son Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. We want to know you better so we can love you more, so we can serve you better. Lord, help us be the men and women you designed us to be. All this we pray in the mighty name of Jesus and through the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll see you you next time. Okay. God bless. God bless you as well. Thank you. You've been listening to the Spiritual Growth Podcast with licensed marriage and family therapist, Harold Haven Boggs. For resources and support for your marriage, for trauma healing, and for addiction and recovery, please visit wegetrecovery.com.